Today on episode number 79 of the podcast, we're talking about the symptoms of depression and what to do if and when they arise. What's up, VIPs? Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. And joining me again, as always, is our co-host and resident sighted supporter, my lovely wife, April. Hello, everyone. So today we're talking about something that not a lot of people like to discuss because, well, it's, uh, you know, not fun to talk about, but it is depression. Um, After losing your sight or after losing anything, uh, loved one, sight loss, things like that, there can be a time of depression. And depression doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen when you're sad. And that's the reason I wanted to talk about it today. Because a lot of times depression can happen and your life might be looking great. And people wonder why you're depressed. It's not just about being sad. It's about a lot of other things. So we're going to look at that today. But before we jump into that, I want to remind you that we can't talk about everything in one podcast. So I've got some resources for you over in the show notes. So Hun, why don't you tell us where you can find those? Sure. So the show notes are at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 079. You can find links, resources, and ways to connect. So hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 079. That's right. So make sure to check those out. And before we get started, I want to remind everybody that as we talk about depression, symptoms, things like that, we are not necessarily medical professionals, like mental health professionals. So this is more for information and educational purposes. So if you find that any of this stuff clicks in your brain and you're like, oh, that sounds familiar, make sure to seek out a professional in your area, like your doctor, like a therapist, counselor, something like that, because we're just providing some information right and then that way you can follow up with somebody that's a professional in your area okay so let's jump into it now uh, recently I was talking to somebody and they were talking about depression they just couldn't understand it because they're like well people's lives are good why would they be depressed and depression is not always just about being sad and so I thought we'd jump into some of the symptoms that I found. Now, this is from WebMD, so we take this with a grain of salt a little bit. But, yes, a um, little bit. You know, but we have to remember this stuff. So um, let's just start off with the brief. Now, we're, we're going to admit, you know, we've all been depressed. Now, for me, I know after I lost my sight, there was a long time that I was really depressed. And I think I still battle that occasionally here and there, anxiety, panic, things like that. What about you, dear? Uh, let's all, you know, air our dirty laundry here on the podcast. <laughs> but have you dealt with any of these symptoms? And if so, you know, how's it manifested in depression for you? Yeah, actually I have. Um, a lot of mine was, um, I think some growing up things. So like, you know, the last years of elementary school into middle school, I had a lot of depression. There were a lot of things going on in my life at that time that were out of my control completely. And, um, you know, I just dealt with not having, um, a lot of support and then also feeling like I was pretty worthless, um, had some hopeless moments in there, that kind of stuff. Um, So I was able to connect with some friends eventually and kind of, you know, lack of better terms, claw my way out of that um, with the support of my friends and um, just, you know, getting involved in things and being more um, out there and not just being home and, you know, in the situation that, you know, was my life at that point. So. 
Yeah, and I think that's a great point about support, and we'll probably talk about that more later on here in the podcast. But I want to run through some of these symptoms because some of them are not obvious whenever you think of depression. Because I assume most people think depression equals you're sad. You're just sad all the time. You're crying, Kleenex, you know, that's all depression is. And that's really just such a simplistic look at depression. It truly is, yes. Because you can be depressed about something, like I'm sad that happened, but true like clinical depression, depression that lasts for longer than, you know, a few hours or days, that's when you start really getting into what depression really is and these symptoms really talk about that. So we're just going to run through this list, comment on it, think about it. And again, this is from WebMD, so we're not saying this is like 100% all the symptoms or all these are accurate or even all of these are the only symptoms. Right. These are just some of the ones that I found. So the first one, it says trouble concentrating, remembering details and making decisions. Now, I have issues making decisions. I think that's just part of who I am. I'm like, no, because if I make this decision, it could be the wrong one. And so if I never make a decision, I'll never make the wrong decision. Right. Uh, but, you know, that could be connected to something and uh, fatigue in your brain and things like that. What about this? Have, have you uh, have you seen that in myself or yourself? Um, yes, I see you having trouble making decisions all the time. But again, I think that's just part of who you are. Um you know, I find myself having problems remembering details quite often, and I, I think that's partially mom brain. Um, but I can see how someone who is depressed would have those um, have those issues because they're overwhelmingly um, having other feelings of inadequacy or hopelessness, which I know we'll get to some of those later. But they're overwhelmed with some of those thoughts, and it's also a chemical imbalance in the brain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, does that chemical imbalance cause memory problems or concentration issues and things like that. I mean, I might be a medical professional, but I really don't know that much about depression. So I can't say that, yes, it does or it doesn't. But I can see how not being able to remember details or concentrate would be affected by an imbalance in the brain. Absolutely. I think it's fair to point out, I don't know if you're you're probably gonna be like, oh my gosh, but my wife is a medical professional. She's a labor and delivery nurse. Uh, and I say that because that way people aren't like, what, what kind of professional are you? You know, <laughs> I get a bunch of questions. But yes, yeah, she is an L&D nurse and has been for quite a few years. So yes, yeah, yeah. she does have some medical background, but that's one of the reasons we gave the disclaimer at the beginning right. is because we're not stating this based on any uh, medical knowledge in the sense of like, we know, so we're definitely giving you the advice. We're right. not doing that. Not my area of expertise. Absolutely. So the next time we do a story or a conversation about babies, then uh, maybe we'll come around to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and again, I, I want to point out that as we talk about this, we're giving these symptoms because after sight loss, there might be some signs of depression that are obvious, like sadness or whatever. But some of these might not be so obvious, and so it's important to kind of keep an eye out uh, both for the VIP and the sighted supporter. Absolutely. You know, working together. Yeah. So the next one, uh, it's fatigue. And that could be physical fatigue, mental fatigue. Um, You know, when you're having to go through, I mean, I know after losing my sight, I was really, and I still do this occasionally, I'm really using the remaining vision I have left a lot right? because I'm really trying to be as sighted as possible. And I know when I do, um, I edit these videos and these podcasts and things like that, I'm using a lot of my sight. And so there's a lot of fatigue. So that could be physical fatigue just because of sight loss, you know, that sort of thing. But fatigue could also happen, again, because of depression. And so uh, what what are some, uh, I don't know, what are some things to look at for fatigue when it's not just 
you know, sight loss related, like using your eyes. Is, is there well, another level of fatigue that you would look for? Well, I think when you think about what is considered related to your vision, you think about the things like, you know, your eyes feel tired, they're mm-hmm. sore, they're achy. Um, you have a headache because you've used your eyes too much, that kind of thing. And that, like you said, happens a lot whenever you're on the computer or mm-hmm. you're trying to um, maybe cook dinner and you're trying to read a recipe or mm-hmm. something like that. You're using your vision or, you know, you're walking around in an area that you're not familiar with. And sure, you have your cane or you have your sighted supporter, but that doesn't mean that you're not using your vision. You're mm-hmm. still using that. So I think when you think about you know, physical fatigue when it comes to your sight, it can be those kind of symptoms that you're noticing. Whenever it's fatigue, you know, physical fatigue from depression is real as well as the emotional fatigue too. Um, And those are usually, you know, it's like you're wanting to sleep all the time. Mm. Um, You can't, you don't have enough energy to even, you know, cook yourself dinner or, you know, help your kids with your homework or things like that, um, that you just don't have the energy to do that on a regular basis. Now, People that are depressed have good days. I mean, they mm-hmm. may have more good days than they do bad days. But at the same time, there's those days where you just can't muster the energy to do the, you know, routine daily living things. Yeah. And I think we talked about this uh, in a couple of podcasts ago uh, about when I was in college and, you know, I just couldn't get out of bed and that yep. sort of thing. I think that was part of that sort of depressed fatigue where it wasn't like, um, I physically thought about something and I was sad and then I didn't want to, li- I was just fatigued. I was worn right. out and I really wasn't doing all that much like going to class, but you know, uh, <laughs> no. I was worn out. And so I think definitely what you commented on that I don't want to get out of bed or I'm going to bed or I'm staying in bed a lot of times, right. um, that can be, and some people might say, well, they're sad, so they won't, don't want to get out, but it could be physical fatigue. Like mm-hmm. they're just tired physically. Yeah. And so we have to keep an eye on that. Um, the other one, another one is feelings of guilt, worthlessness. You talked about that just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I feel bad or I feel useless, worse, worthless. I mean, sight loss can create a lot of that because it's like, yeah. I'm not useful anymore. Right. Uh, I know people have said, oh, my spouse would be better off without me, which is right. so untrue. Not true. Not, so not true. true. And so I think it's important that worthlessness and that can lead to a lot of things mm-hmm. as well that we can't, we don't have time to get into today, but worthlessness, uselessness, guilt over being a burden, right. I mean, all those kinds of things. And so it's important to recognize that, um, you know, whenever it comes up. I think it can also be not being, not feeling like you can contribute to your work or your family um, the way you used to be able to. So, you know, then that makes you feel potentially worthless as well. So yeah, absolutely. And the next one is pessimism and hopelessness. Now, some people are pessimists by nature. That's me. Yeah, I am definitely the optimist. She is the pessimist, or as she says, the realist, realist. which is, I think, just a word the pessimist came up with uh, to, to make it not sound as bad. You know, I've never heard an fine. optimist say they were a realist. I just uh, maybe you do. If you're an optimist and you're a realist, good for you. But um, pessimism and hopelessness, especially if it's somebody who's typically uh, optimistic, you know, yeah. glass half full kind of stuff, especially in that case. Now, that doesn't mean that they're a pessimist normally or if they're kind of negative thinking normally. That's not a sign of depression, but especially if it's somebody who's typically optimistic. I mean, if if you saw me being hopeless and pessimistic as a, a ring the bell, like something's right. up, you know. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I see those things sometimes in the, like you said, you still struggle with some depression here and there mm-hmm. um, and anxiety. And it's whenever you are talking about those things that are kind of pessimistic, then I'm like, okay, hold on. What's, Mm -hmm. what's going on? What's the core of this issue? What is, you know, what's the true 
you know, reason for this. Absolutely. And that's a great point because so often you're talking about something very negative and it's like, oh, I hate this and oh, this is terrible. And it typically, a lot of times it's not that, you know, it's that thing, it's that deep seated core issue going on. It could be sight loss. It could be a lot of things. It could be that chemical imbalance, you know, but it's important to get down to the truth, down to the root of what's going on. And again, that's where you seek that professional support um, that, you know, in your life. Um, another one is, uh, insomnia. And then right along with that is sleeping too much. So you might have somebody who's, you know, awake all the time. You know, I have somebody who's asleep all the time. Mm -hmm. And so sleep patterns can get thrown off. Now I will say sight loss can affect that. Um, there is an issue called non 24, which if you have, uh, you know, a major sight loss can throw off your awake and sleep hours. And that's a whole nother issue. But if you're sleeping all the time, or if you're awake all the time, that can be a sign of depression. I know occasionally for me, um, and, and I don't know if this is cause I'm a night owl or what, but I will be wide awake and not go to bed until 12 or 1230 or one. And I'm just not tired. You know, I yeah. just know if I go up there, I will lay and just stare at the ceiling, you know, that I can't see. And so, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. And sometimes like the other night I fell asleep in the chair at like, I don't know, nine o'clock, nine o'clock. or whatever it was. It was early. Was. Yeah. It was really early. It was early. And so I just, I was asleep. So you have to be aware of sleep. I think the important thing is sleep patterns. Patterns, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Your consistent sleep and making sure you're getting enough rest, but again, you know, making sure that you're not sleeping the day away as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one's irritability. So if you're short-tempered, um, that can be a sign of depression. That can be a, uh, like a, a ring in the bell moment. Like, mm-hmm. wow, you are, especially somebody who's not very irritable. Um, mood swings, I think would go along with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, something where you're snapping a lot. I know for me, and I'm just airing all my dirty laundry in this <laughs> podcast. I know for me, uh, and it's important because we're not all perfect and we all deal with this. Sometimes with the kids, and again, it's usually not what the kids are doing. It's that that depression I think I'm facing, anxiety. Um, I will get really snappy really, really fast. Mm-hmm. I go from like two to ten and I'm like losing it and I don't know why. Right. You know, and usually, again, I have to go away, think about what's the truth about the situation or the kid. You know, I'm sure you've noticed that in me. Well, and you, yes, but I do that a lot as well. I, you know, things just get under my skin and irritate me a lot quicker on some days than others. And there's usually a core reason for that. You know, something is really eating at me that I have been trying to deal with or, you know, sometimes it can be a hormone imbalance and things like that, too, that are just heightened on that day. Mm, Absolutely. So it could be a bad day and the next day's better. uh, But it's important to realize that and and not dismiss it like, well, yesterday was just a bad day. I mean, especially if you're having consistent bad days. I think that's a good sign. Like if it's more than one day every once in a while, if it's a couple days a week or a few days a month, then that might be an indication to be like, oh, maybe I need to, you know, recognize this and seek some help on this. And I think it's important for sighted supporters at this point, because a lot of times, you know, personally, I, you know, don't always notice that I'm being irritable. And I think Derek's the same way. You know, you, you kind of flip in a like a light switch, Mm -hmm. but you don't really notice it until you've done it a couple of times or until someone points it out to you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and the sighted supporters, I think it's important also to point out that sighted supporters can be depressed as well. I mean, all of these things, Mm -hmm. you know, can apply. I know in this, we talk a lot about the VIPs because, you know, the sight loss is happening to them. But at the same time, those sighted supporters have a lot more responsibility, a lot more um, stress and worry put on their shoulders. So it can definitely 
affect them as well. So I think it's good to make sure that you're communicating between the two of you, between the side supporter and the VIP to say, hey, what's going on? You know, is there something going on with you that you need to talk about? Do we need to go see the doctor? Do you need, you know, some counseling or therapy or something of that nature? Just, you know, keep those lines of communication open. Yeah, definitely. And she makes a great point. And I think we talk about it on the podcast, but it's important to remember this isn't just about the person losing their sight. This right. is about the sighted supporters. That could be spouses, parents, children. I mean, if you've got kids in your household, especially if they're in those impressionable ages, they could be dealing with this as well. And so all these symptoms could apply to them. And you think, oh, they're kids, they'll bounce back or whatever. And they might, but they might be going through this as well. Their life is changing, just like the spouse, just like the parent, just like the person losing their sight. So make sure you're paying attention to that also. Uh, Another one is loss of interest in things you once found pleasurable. Uh, That's such a big one, I think, with depression is you're just not interested in the things you always were. It's not that you're like, I'm sad and I don't want to do that. You're just like, no, I don't think so. It's like, well, you love this. What do you mean? And so that's a really big like ringing the bell. Like they always love this and now they don't. Something's Mm -hmm. up. And I mean, that could be sight loss related in the sense of like, well, I can't do what I always did even the same way. And so I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to face it if I can't do it. And some of that is you just got to come back around and be like, okay, well, I can do this. Just not the same way I always did. Learning how to do it in a modified way. Absolutely. Adapting yourself. And, and that may just take a little time and there's nothing wrong with that, but if it's consistent lack of interest in stuff in such, you just got to be aware of that for sure. Yeah. Um, another one is aches and pains, headaches, uh, you know, uh, cramps, physical issues going on, you know, things that just don't go away. I mean, uh, this could also include like digestive issues, which I was not aware of, um, which I have some digestive issues. So that's interesting to know. You are airing everything today. It's all dirty laundry today (laughs) for you. Um, Get out the clothesline. But that's the thing, like all these physical ailments that come along, that can be such an indication of depression. Yes, it can be an indication of other things. We talked about with sight loss, you know, your eyes, your head, um, even physical things. Like I sit weird at the computer now. Mm -hmm. And so my back will hurt sometimes, my lower back, upper back, it just depends. But that could also be a sign of something going on inside of you. And that's a big, important one. I mean, you know, especially for sighted supporters who... I don't know. You know, for me, it's easy to explain away some of those things. Sure. Because of your posture and the way you sit, you know, just with your example. Yeah. Um, With sighted supporters, you know, it's important to, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, that's all right. Sorry. That's all right. Darn it. <laughs> I think it's important for sighted supporters. I'll get back to it. It will come, the train will come back around. I think it's important to note that sighted supporters will have those things go on physically mm-hmm. and, it's important to note that inside of supporters to yes. recognize that, but like, oh, my back hurts, my arm hurts, my head hurts. And don't just dismiss it as like, oh, it's oh, it's just a bad day or, oh, I'm just getting older or yeah. whatever. Don't dismiss it because it's important. Well, and also I think I remembered. Um, so also just being able to notice, you know, oh, you're having this abdominal cramping today and you've had that for like a couple days, the last six weeks or something like that. It's like, okay, there's probably something else going on here. Is it something that you're eating? Is it that you're not resting enough? Is it that you're just overly stressed or something like that? 
And and again, something to consult your physician about as well. Absolutely. And, and the last symptoms they list here are things like anxiety, emptiness, and suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And I think some of those seem, you know, like obvious, like, oh, if you're having suicidal thoughts, you must be depressed. But not not everybody starts off with suicidal thoughts. No. You know, not everybody's going to be like, I'm thinking about suicide. And, uh, you know, we're not making light of this at all, but it's important to remember that not everybody starts with suicidal thoughts. And uh, I saw a story the other day about a young girl. I think she was a senior in high school and she had this fantastic life and her parents loved her and she played sports and all these sort of things. And she ended up taking her life and everybody was shocked yeah, because they had no idea and she kept it all inside. So suicidal thoughts aren't always going to come out and they're not going to be at the forefront of things. Right. And so some of these symptoms, it's important to be aware of them so that if it's leading down that path, you're catching it early, as early as possible. And so many times, like you said, this girl, her family didn't know anything about it because they're not going to voice those concerns. They're not going to, or not concerns, they're not going to voice those thoughts. Mm -hmm. They're not going to tell you about that because then they're going to be like, you know, as we're going to want to help. We're going to want to fix it. We're going to want to make it all better. And it's not that we shouldn't do that, but they don't think that there's anything that else that can be done. I feel like, you know, people who commit suicide, and obviously I have not had this experience personally in my life, but they are at the end of the rope. They don't think that there's anything else that can be done. They think their life would be so much better off without them. And sharing those suicidal thoughts for them then is potential that someone's going to stop it from happening, Mm -hmm. which we want to do, but they are not wanting that. Yeah, and and that's just really like such a, I think for me, it's such a scary thing because, I mean, whether it was you or my kids or somebody I loved, if they were having any, those thoughts and I didn't know, that would be so challenging. Absolutely. And I'm sure those parents were yeah, challenged like how did that. how did we not see that? And I think many people have those questions when, um, you know, loved ones commit suicide. How did we not know? Yeah. And a lot of it is, you know, not being aware of the signs and symptoms and then also, you know, that person not um, sharing those thoughts and feelings with with us because mm-hmm. they, you know, they don't feel like they should. Absolutely. Um, I have just as an FYI, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. So if anybody out there is struggling with depression and you feel like you have any suicidal thoughts whatsoever, I just want to share this. It is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. So if you have any issues with suicidal thoughts, please call this hotline. Um, they have resources and people there to help you um, 24 hours a day, every day. Absolutely. And I will put that in the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 079 if you want to check that out. And thank you for sharing that because that's so important. Like you've got to be able to share what's going on. And I think as we've talked through these symptoms, as we've talked through this, it's a challenging conversation. Absolutely. I mean, it should be challenging. It's it's not easy stuff. And so depression doesn't always look like sadness and just being, oh, I'm sad. Like it looks like a lot of different things. You could have a very outgoing, happy person who maybe isn't eating well, uh, maybe somebody who's just having some back pain, you know, things like that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, especially if there's something else going on in their life, you want to be aware of that and share that sort of thing. So so many times it's a compilation of all of, you know, a few of these symptoms or not all of them necessarily, but quite a few of them together. Yes, absolutely. So again, make sure to reach out to that if you're having any of those thoughts. And if you're feeling depressed, and, uh, you know, anybody in your family is going through these symptoms, seek 
professional support, whether it's a therapist, a counselor, somebody in your life to share that story and that struggle uh, with what's going on in your life. Um, you know, it's always a hard transition out of things like this. I know when I do the podcast or a video, when it's kind of like, uh, I'm always like, oh, I feel bad now. I'm going to tell everybody to subscribe <laughs> to my videos or whatever. But that is the transition because, well, there's just not an easy one. So again, if, if you have found this uh, helpful today, well, we want you to subscribe so that you get more content like this. So why don't you tell us how to subscribe on YouTube? All right, so if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so you don't miss another episode. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, you can subscribe in your favorite podcast catcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Just visit the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 079, and that'll give you buttons right under the audio player for you to subscribe. Um, so, Han, we've got a couple of quotes today. Uh, I, I found two quotes that I really liked and I was like, which one, which one? I was like, forget it. We're just going to do them both. So we're going to go to the first one. And why don't you give us the first uh, quote? All right. This quote is from Joyce Meyer and she says, depression begins with disappointment. When disappointment festers in our soul, it leads to discouragement. That's such an interesting idea. Depression begins with disappointment. Now, again, that makes it sound like we're simplifying it. We're not. It's just the thought of this idea of disappointment, like we all deal with disappointment at different times. Sure. Depression uh, it, it's it's dealing with disappointment in a way that you can't that you can't deal with it very well, you know? And then that leads to discouragement, which is like I I had this picture of like down the mountain, mm-hmm. you know, you go, you know, dis, discouragement down to depression. And I just thought it was interesting seeing this pattern. It, it may start with something small, but could lead to something big. Right. And so then our second quote actually comes from, I think her name's Lily Singh. I think she's a YouTuber as well. And this one is so important. I really like this quote. Why don't you give it to us? She says, a big part of depression is feeling really lonely, even if you're in a room full of a million people. Now, I've talked about this before, especially with sight loss. You can be in a room full of people and feel so, so alone. And the more you feel alone, the more voices you hear about you're worthless and you're useless and you should be alone and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I want to say here that if you are feeling alone, if you're going through something and you're feeling lonely, you are not alone. Hashtag you are not alone because we're not. If you're going through sight loss, whether you're the sighted supporter or the VIP, we're sitting right here and we've gone through it. So that makes at least two or three of us right here. So make sure you reach out and find support and remember that you are not alone because that is so, so important. All right, dear. Well, this has been a challenging conversation, but again, I want to remind everybody that this is for informational and educational purposes. Only if you're in need of professional medical or legal advice, please go ahead and seek out a specialist in your area. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek. And I'm April. And we'll see you in in the the next next one. one.